Okay. What's up, everyone? My name is Hydro, and this is Hydro and Friends. This is going to be episode one of season two, and have a very special guest. A uh, little shout out to D Rock. Uh, if you don't know D Rock, look for Gary V, and you'll know who I'm talking about. And he does uh, this little post where he wants people to network, and this is how me and Jordan connected. So my guest today is Jordan Tarver. He's an author. He just released his book, You Deserve This Shit, and he is an editor for Forbes. How's it going, Jordan? Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad, uh, like you said, we could connect over um, a simple Instagram post. I think that's a good example of the power of the internet. So I'm glad that uh, you know we're here today and uh, can have a conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to hear about your journey. Um, full disclosure, I haven't checked your book yet, but I will be buying it and reading it, hopefully binging it in a few days, whenever I'm not editing. <laughs> All right, so I'll pass it to you. Tell me about yourself and a little bit of context about your life pre-book pre and yeah, take it from here. Yeah, so um, like you said, I'm an author. I'm a writer by trade. Uh, that's what I do professionally. Um, I'm from a small town in Northern California, uh, Roanoke Park, uh, very, very small. It's about 40,000 people. Um, grew up there my entire life and then moved to Orange County uh, to study business finance uh, in college, which is interesting because I don't do that anymore. I don't, obviously, I'm a writer, so I'm not in the business finance world, um, but that's kind of where I got my grounds started. And then once I graduated college, I actually went on a solo backpacking trip in Europe for three months. And that was my first, it was, it was the first instance of me really getting outside my comfort zone. And that kind of was the spark to kind of the work that I'm putting out now and encouraging people to kind of, you know, take the li their life into their hands and really make it what they want to make it. And um, that's kind of where my passion for this, uh, I guess, topic area really started. Awesome. Um, do you want to tell about that? A trip and I know something really big and kind of a shift in your life happened and maybe tell us a little about that and then we'll connect it to the book. Yeah. So actually the moment you're talking about happened prior to the trip. Um, it happened when I was in college in 2013. Um, I saw my life flash in front of my eyes when I was in a car accident in Orange County. Uh, we were on the freeway with a group of friends and both of our cars actually clipped each other going uh, 80, 85 miles an hour down the freeway. Um, our car uh, tipped on the passenger's door side. So the, the side I was sitting on and we slid across all five lanes and magically came to a stop right before the center divider. And our other friend's car did two full rolls and landed uh, tire side up. Uh, the craziest thing about that experience is that no one was actually injured at all. Everyone walked away that night um, in perfect health, which is incredible because something like that, someone should have died hundred percent. And I think that's what I think about now that I'm older and I can look at it with a much, just much wiser eyes. And so when I reflect on that moment, I kind of just see that moment as the wake up call in my life. And as I look back on it more, I feel like I learn more and more lessons and it makes me want to live a more impactful and, and purposeful life because of that. And because I saw how easy it could all be taken from us. Um, and that's kind of one of the inspirations of why I wrote this book was because I wanted to help people also live that kind of life and give them the tools that I've used to help me live that life. That's amazing. Little, that just kind of reminded me literally a month ago before I came to New York to visit, leaving my house to the airport, I almost got ran over by a car. 
<laughs> literally, but it, that almost happened a few years before. So I already knew to what kind of signs to look for. And the lady was just coming really fast. I'm like, oh, 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 she doesn't see me. If I didn't, if I wasn't paying attention, I would not be here right now. So, yeah. It's crazy what those moments can do and what, what like they can do for your awareness. I mean, you, you said it right there, but they really can just teach you how to, you know, check all your corners all the time because you, you just never know. And, and I think you really learn that life can be taken from any single person. No one's invincible here. Although a lot of us maybe feel invincible or maybe feel like it's not going to happen to us until it is happening to you. Um, and that's kind of what I experienced was that I never thought I was going to be in a, a car accident of that size. And I didn't think I was ever going to come close to dying. Um, but when it happened, when I was 19, I was just kind of like, Whoa, this is, uh, <laughs> this is some freaky shit, you know? Um, so yeah, it really just, I think instills a lot of lessons through the wake up call really. All right. Um, I saw that you're an amazing photographer as well. You do a lot of landscape and some beautiful art. Uh, tell me about your journey as an artist, uh, I guess, pre-college. Yeah. Um, I've always loved photography since I was a kid. My mom was really into photography and, um, you know, I think she gets it from her, her father as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I've been passed down a lot of his like old film cameras and I've just always had this love for the craft, um, and the motivation it gives you to go see and then go explore the world. And so I, I got my first camera, I must've been like 10 or 11, just like a, a little like Nikon, like, you know, point and shoot digital camera, nothing, nothing fancy, but enough to spark the interest enough to make me excited and, and find something that that young of an age where I could, you know, express myself creatively. And it's something that I've really held close to me. I don't, I don't, I, th it, it's, it was my gateway into my creative work. Really photography was my first instance of, um, becoming an artist. And it's something that I'm very grateful for because it's provided me, provided me with, with so much value, um, beyond just taking the photo. That's amazing. I, I actually started 20 years ago as a drummer. Music was my first thing. And then, uh, back in 2013, after working, you know, the nine to five, I was at home Depot, started getting panic attacks and stuff. And somebody is like, Hey, I say you're taking photos. Do you ever think of going to college? I'm like, Hmm, quit, went to college, got my degree, started my business. And here we are. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, it's uh, photography is a beautiful thing, and I think it's a great way to communicate. I think it's you know it's a very powerful way to communicate different messages. Whether for me, I'm I'm a travel photographer, so I communicate basically how I see the world to other people, and I hope that it can you know inspire them and and make them realize where we live and the importance of where we live and and how important it is to. Uh, protect where we live and and so my goal as a travel photographer is just to spread that awareness that's amazing um one thing that i admire about you it's writing that's something that doesn't come natural to me uh i even when i write my book i'm probably gonna have to just do a voice thing get somebody to write it um when did the spark for writing uh hit you uh it started on my solo backpacking trip and it's it's funny because growing up i never one liked writing or two was even good at it. Um, and so to see that I do it professionally as, as my career is 
I, I kind of laugh at it sometimes because if I relate myself to when I was in high school, just, it just doesn't connect at all. There's no connection to it, which is fine. You know? Um, but when I went on that solo backpacking trip, I brought a journal and just journaled every single day just because I wanted to document the trip and not so much because I enjoyed it writing. I just knew that in the future, I would want to have this for myself, have this for my kids, have this for my grandkids where they could, you know, go back on my trip essentially, you know, with me. Legacy. So, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, uh, it was very important to me, even though I didn't maybe love it when I first started journaling, but slowly over those three months, I really learned to like see the power behind journaling and see what it can offer to your life. And it's not just about documenting your life, but it allows you to become more aware of yourself. It allows you to become more aware of things happening around you to you. Um, and it gives you a way to self-reflect. And I feel like that, um, that journaling has really become like the key ingredient to my personal growth. And it's something I do to this day, every single morning. And it's something I push heavy in the book because I really think that journaling can change a lot for people. I think it can help them discover positive transformation. And, and so that's kind of where my, the spark for writing started. But um, at the time I didn't think I was going to write like this, a big self-help novel. It was just kind of me tapping into that, I guess, creative expression. Right. I, I have found uh, when I do it, uh, journaling can be really helpful, especially when you're going through a lot of stuff. Uh, me with my mental health in the last 10 years been a little difficult, but doing that has helped. Uh, I kind of did it in a video form. One day I had a panic attack and I ended up filming it and then I posted, I called it Hyra Speaks His Mind and then I did it for 53 days straight. And then I'm like, oh, I'm okay in front of the camera now because I was always behind. Um, Okay, bringing it back to you. So when you started writing, how did you end up working for Forbes and becoming this amazing writer? Yeah, so I started working um, in the editorial world for an, a publication of New York City. Um, I was working on their credit card and banking content. So that's kind of where my uh, knowledge and, and degree came into play of business finance. But it, I was able to cross it with my skill and passion of writing. Uh, I started working there. I worked there for uh, close to two years or maybe just over two years. I can't remember exactly now. Um, but then I, that I was offered an opportunity to, you know, jump ships and work at Forbes and, and do similar work as an editor, um, focusing, you know, on their personal finance content again. So I usually stay within that realm of content because that's where my background's from. Um, and then I'm able to, you know, cross the passion again at Forbes. So, that's like a, a quick snapshot of how I, you know, got to Forbes. But if you're looking back even further, my career started in the mortgage industry, which was um, a traditional path that you might expect from a business finance major. And so that was my way of getting out of debt after I traveled, to be honest. Um, but I quickly learned that that wasn't going to cut it. I didn't enjoy what I was doing. And if I was going to work for the rest of my life, I needed to be doing something that I loved. And that was like the moment that I realized that I'm going to figure out how to turn writing into a career because I was tired of being in a, a cubicle. I was tired of driving to work. I've always had a really big interest and passion for freedom of location and being able to work from wherever you want in the world. And that was really the driving force behind getting me into a writing career. And so as I was working my nine to five job, I was literally freelancing for like two hours after work. So I was working like 10 hour days at the time. And it was not sustainable by anyone's means, but it got me to where I wanted to go. And now I'm not working 10 hour days. So it's the 10 hour, 10 hour days were worth it, even though they may have sucked like in the moment. Um, but I think 
that grit and that perseverance is what allowed me to prove that, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. That's really amazing. Um, very inspiring too. Um, all right. If you want to maybe jump now and let's talk a little bit about the book. That's what we're here for. That's the, the bread and butter of today. So tell me what's the inspiration and what do you want people to get from this book? Yeah. So the book, I mean, the tagline of the book is get unstuck, find your path and become the best version of yourself. Um, I've done a ton of work around my own self-discovery. Obviously my solo backpacking trip kind of turned into a three month self-discovery, like intensive course, I like to call it. Um, and I've gone through several different experiences and have, uh, been in different cultures and overcome different challenges that have given me a very large toolbox of things that I've used to become the best version of myself. And so my goal was to pack that, pack all those lessons into one book that people could use essentially as a companion um, on their self-discovery journey, just so they can have the resources to get where they want to go and to become the person that they deserve to be. And so that's exactly, you know, the motivation of the book. That's what motivated me to keep writing was like keeping those people in mind. And um, yeah, so like the, the purpose is just to give people the resources and simplify the process of becoming the best version of yourself. Amazing. Um, to Obviously, we're not going to give the, the book away, but maybe can you hit on the, like the major pillars of the book so people have an yeah. idea of what, they're, uh, what to expect? Yeah, so not only have I packed all these lessons into a book, but I actually developed um, the three pillars of self-discovery, which are the three things, the three areas of life that I believe people need to focus on to become the best versions of themselves. And these are the three areas that I found once I self did some reflection on my trip, that those are the areas that I was kind of mastering and, and, and working through. And, and that's awareness, comfort zones, and intentional living. And so if you can do those three things, if you become more aware, if you can live outside your comfort zone, if you can lead an intentional life, you're going to be heading in the right direction. And that's really what the, the book is built on. Awesome. I'm actually really excited to read it. Um, so give us just little hints of like, what was your first major pillar? How did you develop this awareness pillar? I mean, awareness for me was that trip. It was, the, it was all the journaling I did for basically 90 days. Um, it really, I like to say journaling gives you like access to the author's chair of your own life. And it lets you really evaluate what's going on. And just that simple five to 10 minute daily practice allowed me to increase my awareness and which when you have an increased awareness, you're, you're then, you can understand the things that drive you, the things that motivate you, the things that make you feel happy, the things that trigger you and all that. If you can understand all of that, you just have a better grasp of who you are and who your soul is. Um, and once you have the understanding, like you can then make better steps toward the best version of yourself because you understand what you need to be aligned with. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so once you're aware, now you got to seek discomfort, right? You got to get out of your comfort zone. How, what, what was the drive? What was like, it's, it's scary. Like even me being here in New York right now was one of those because I had a regular job, my gigs, so everything, my career wise wasn't working. And it was like taking that leap of faith and being really uncomfortable. What was that for you? 
I mean, it, it, it goes back to the trip every single time because that's yeah. really the start of my journey. And um, it was the first time I ever really stepped outside of my comfort zone and learned to love it. Um, but since then, like my goal is to seek out new things that I'm interested in and try them because that's the easiest way to get outside your comfort zone. And so if people are listening and they're wondering, you know, how do I get there? How do I get outside my comfort zone? It's as simple as understanding what you're interested in and then trying the things that you haven't done that you're interested in. And that's just going to automatically put you outside your comfort zone. And the nice thing about that is if you do things that you're interested in, you're likely to find things that you're going to fall in love with that you never tried before. And so it's like, yeah, it's scary to get outside your comfort zone, but there's an opportunity for you to learn about something that could be a career or could be a new passion or could be just something that you harness as one of your favorite hobbies. And so you never know what's really on the other side of it, but uh, it's, it's worth it every time, you know, take the leap. Um, how did you deal with, uh, there's always going to be people that tell you, yeah, but you know, do it as a side thing. Maybe you're going the wrong way. How do you deal with the non, the non-sayers? I luckily um, have a very supportive community and a very supportive family and parents. Um, I haven't dealt with, I, I would say, much naysayers because I've been so determined and people can recognize that professionalism outside looking in. And so my community, my network, my friends, my family don't know it's, um, they don't, they don't see it as me doing it half-assed. Like they know I'm in it, in it for career and they know I'm here for a reason and, um, they trust that. And my parents, you know, I, I'm grateful every single day that my parents didn't, um, put a predetermined path onto me and my siblings and they really, um, were all about us doing what made us happy. And so as long as I'm happy what I'm doing, my parents are happy. Um, and that permission to chase, you know, I guess my heart is what makes me feel like no one's is, is saying I'm on the wrong path because I feel like I'm right where I belong. That's awesome. So once you seeked out the discomfort, what was the last pillar and how did you ex execute it? Intentional living. Intentional living is all about um, aligning it's about being selective with your choices. And when you're selective with your choices, you're able to align your choices with your values, your beliefs and goals. And so it's a really, there's, I mean, in the book, I don't want to, you know, give the whole premise away because, you know, people will read it and they'll, they'll learn everything. Yeah. But it's, it's all about understanding that your choices dictate your life. And so it's like, how can you make decisions every day so that they dictate your life in the direction that you want to head. And so it's, it's just having that awareness again um, to make the choices that are going to push you in the direction of the best version of yourself. And so in the book, there's, I think there's like six or seven chapters in that, in that section that kind of walk you through different ways and different areas of your life that you can be more intentional. Amazing. Um, post book, obviously this is going to, probably be number one in the New York Times. What's the, what's the future uh, for Jordan? Yeah, right now we're just focusing on getting the book in the hands that people need the help. Um, but I mean, more writing is definitely on the way. I can't say that I have a concrete idea of what that looks like, but um, you know, th this is just the start of my career and uh, there's a lot left to do and there's a lot more work I wanna do and there's a lot more things I wanna help people with. Um, but right now I'm focused on making sure I give this book 
the time it deserves to get out to those people and before we start working on other projects. So um, yeah, more writing is on the way, um, no doubt about it, just undetermined exactly a time frame on that. That's amazing. Um, let me see. Anything else you want to share with the audience? Uh, your best advice that you've ever gotten from somebody? I got, I'll give two pieces because one is, is more writing forward and one is, is general that everyone can relate to. Mm -hmm. But my brother, when I was first started writing, he told me to write as you speak. Um, and it's very simple, but it's very powerful because a lot of people write to sound really smart and sound intelligent. Um, but the point of writing, also what my brother told me, the point of writing isn't to impress people. It's to make them understand your idea. And so the more easily you can do that, the better you're writing. And so if you're out to impress people, your idea might not come across because you might be sounding overly intellectual uh, for the reader. And the best thing to do is what I you know, tell people that ask me this question is, if you're going to explain something, write it as if you were explaining it to your best friend in the room. Like, how would you tell them? How would you explain that topic to them? That's how you should write. Um, so that was really powerful for me because it really um, is something I even used to this day. I'm a very conversational writer. And I think that's why people connect with my writing. Um, the second piece of advice uh, was indirect advice that I just heard someone say in an interview. Um, but it's, there's no such thing as this is how it's done. So I'll say that again. There's no such thing as this is how it's done, which is important because I feel like people get hung up on the rules and processes um, for how to do different things, whether that's writing, whether that's making music, whether that's painting, whether that's uh, doing tattoos, uh, whatever it is. And I think the beauty of art is that rules can be broken. And once you know the rules, you know how to break them. And I think it's important to know that just because one person did, did something one way doesn't mean you have to necessarily do it the same way. And even going further, if you do it the same way, your work's never going to be unique or stand out. Um, so the importance of artistry is, is being original. And I think the best way to be original is to bend the rules for yourself. That's amazing. Wow. I know a lot of people are going to get so much value out of this. Uh, that kind of reminds me, yeah, like Gary Vee saying, like, if you like the Smurfs, Smurf it the F out. Like, just whatever you like, just speak about it like be passionate about it because there's always going to be people that are going to resonate with whatever you like for sure and i think people always um you know there's someone i always like to say there's always someone out there that needs to hear your story there's always someone out there that needs your help um and so if there's something that you know you've been craving to share or craving to teach about like dive the fuck in and do it like there's no reason to hold back and um you know the, the worst that happens is you find out you don't want to do it anymore but at least you tried. Right. Um, I'll be your advice for people that are trying to follow their own path and their own art and career, but have, uh, have problems believing in themselves. Because I know that was a big part of me that held me back. I was my own roadblock until I kind of looked around like, well, people are believing in me. Why can't I believe in myself? How do you talk to yourself? Because positive self-talk is the key to believing in yourself. If you tell yourself you can't do something, you're never going to be able to do it. But if you tell yourself you can do something, over time, you'll start to believe that you actually can do it. Um, and so I think that is like key in believing in yourself is talking to yourself positively. Like 
just like your body needs nutrients to, to live like the food and, and the, the proteins and the fats and the carbs and those kind of things. Like your mind also needs that nutrients, but the nutrients we feed our mind is words. And so what words are you filling in your brain? If they're positive, if they're, um, encouraging and motivating, you're likely going to, you know, slowly over time, see that you can also believe in yourself just like other people do. Um, kind of piggybacking of that, how do you deal with the pressure of the likes, the follows, the, oh, not, not enough people are seeing my content and then you kind of get discouraged. And that's one of my problems that I used to have before, like, oh, nobody's seeing this. Why would I even do it? I feel like that stuff really doesn't matter. I don't know. It's like, if you truly enjoy the work, if you truly believe that you're supposed to be teaching it, uh, the metric shouldn't stray you from doing it. As simple as that. That's just how I see it. Wow. Um, nowadays, what, what do you think are the best tools to, uh, to reach out people, uh, social media, and even in person? Like, how do you develop those skills to reach the audience that you're supposed to reach? Do you mean like what tools like? Yeah, whether it's like, yes. Yeah, certain apps, let's say like, what are your top three social media apps? And then like, what are your top three uh, networking skills? I mean, Instagram is something I use personally a lot for my work. I think it's it's something that basically everyone, if you have a business, you, you probably have one. Um, uh, TikTok, I think is important because of the potential to grow. I think it's, it's much greater than Instagram. Uh, they push new content and they push finding new content and discovering new people. Excuse me. Um, and I think it's not really a social media app, but I think having an email list is very important as much as you may think email is obsolete. Um, I don't think it's totally obsolete and I think it's great for marketing purposes. And the good thing about an email list is that you own that audience, whereas Instagram owns your audience and TikTok owns your audience. And anything could happen to your audience at any point in time because you're technically not in control of uh, what the app is going to do, but you own all those people's emails. And so it's a much more, uh, I guess, intimate relationship you have with those people um, because you have that information uh, that was granted by them and, and on approval. Um, but that's yours to keep and it can't be taken away from you like a, like your profile could, for example, like what if Instagram just, you know, vanished one day and then if you had, right. let's say you had like 40,000 followers and they're all gone and now you don't have anything. But if you were able to, you know, gain those people's emails, that wouldn't matter to you, you know, that doesn't matter anymore. And so I think that's really important um, for networking. I think it's just, it's, I think it's changing now because everything's online and it's almost, I guess, making it easier because people are more open to connecting online because of COVID and the pandemic and everything going on where virtual is becoming um, more intertwined in society. Uh, and so I think just like being active on social media within groups that are uh, focusing on topics that you enjoy. So like self-improvement, for example, um, or content or creativity and just, just finding those niches and, and interacting with people and becoming active within those communities, I think is a great way uh, to get your name in front of people and connect. I mean, you and I, that's exactly how we met. It's like someone posted on Instagram, we networked and now we're on a podcast and it's just shows how easy it can be if you're willing to put yourself out there. 
that's amazing. It's pretty meta, to be honest. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I think that's all I have on my side. Is there anything do you want to share with us? Even ask, maybe put a question out there for whoever's going to see this. They can maybe comment on the YouTube or on Instagram. I think I just want people to know that they deserve to become the person that they think they should be. Um, and if you're struggling to become that person, my hope is that this book can provide you the resources to help you get there. And so that was really, you know, the goal was to simplify the process of self-discovery and then give you digestible um, action steps that you can use to make progress on your journey. And so if anyone's struggling out there, you know, finding their path, they're feeling stuck, they're feeling lost, you know, it's, it's been a heavy 18, almost two years now. Um, I hope that my book, you know, can be your, your, the key to the gateway of, you know, getting your life back in, you know, under your, under your terms of what you expect for yourself. And, um, while in that process, just remember, you know, be easy on yourself, be kind, um, you know, talk to yourself positively and just remember that, you know, you're able to make progress if you're willing to, you know, put in the time. Amazing. Thank you so much for connecting and sharing your story today. Uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Um, I'm active on Instagram and TikTok at Jordan Tarver. Um, you can head to my website, jordantarver.com. You'll also find uh, the book there for uh, purchase. It's also on Amazon, um, but it's easy to find through my website. Um, but if you're looking to connect, um, hit me on Instagram. I'm usually, you know, around. Sign up for his uh, email list. Sign up for my newsletter as well on my website. Uh, I send a weekly newsletter every Thursday, um, super quick. It's like a two to three minute read. Um, I give four really digestible, like tweet-like pieces of advice. I give you a free journal prompt um, and offer a quote from my book. Um, and that can be a really, you know, great place for you to start, um, you know, getting interested in self-discovery work. Wow. This is amazing. Uh, any last words before we close this? No, just thank you for setting this up and taking the time out of your day to, um, you know, talk to me and uh, thanks for, you know, giving me a space to share my story in hopes that it can help someone else. Likewise. And everyone, make sure to buy his book, check out all the content that he puts out. Uh, like I said, this is episode two, sorry, episode one of season two of Hydro and Friends. So stay tuned. There's going to be more guests. Make sure you follow on Instagram, YouTube, all the things, like, comment, you know, all the spiel. Uh, thank you, Jordan. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much.